No Gray Zone podcast is a frank and honest conversation on topics related to sexual abuse, harassment, child exploitation, and domestic and workplace violence. The opinions are our own, based on years of experience as special victims prosecutors. Any study, book, or product we mention is based on our own review and are not sponsored. Links and titles can be found in the podcast notes. You can also learn more at rightresponseconsulting.com. Listener discretion is advised. I'm just good at caring too much. I'm just good at caring too much. Is it too much to ask that you be all mine? I never was good at sharing. I'm just good at caring. Welcome back. I'm Katherine Marsh. And I'm Melissa Hotmeyer, and this is No Gray Zone Podcast. Today we have a special bonus episode of No Gray Zone Podcast, where we're going to talk to Ryan Sosha, the founder and CEO of Jado. We're really excited to welcome Ryan, who's created an online space and platform that allows survivors of sexual assault and abuse to report their abuse while allowing them to control the data. We've talked about how important control is for survivors, so we really love this platform. So we just want to dive right in. And Ryan, can you tell us a little bit about JDO? Yeah, of course. And thank you so much for having me on your podcast. So a little bit more about JDO. We are an anonymous platform for reporting sexual misconduct. And right now it's available for free everywhere in the world for iOS and Android devices. And we also have a web version coming out pretty soon. And essentially, we allow survivors and witnesses of sexual misconduct to file these encrypted, time-stamped, and anonymous reports with the notion that we can essentially use these reports to effectively identify repeat offenders and to hold them accountable, whether that be civil litigation or other types of you know, pursuits of justice. Yeah, I, I really like the platform because, you know, that the ability to feel less alone creates a space where survivors really feel empowered. And where survivors feel more empowered, like they're able to report, especially when you have a serial rapist or, you know, someone who's engaging in sexual harassment in a continuing capacity. These predators are relying on silence. And so platforms like JDO and the Me Too movement kind of help end the silence. Can you tell us a little bit about how you came about with the concept? Yeah, so it all kind of stems back to when I was in high school. Back in 2012, I was working in a family friend's law firm dealing with these types of cases. So I really learned from A to Z the legal grounds on which individuals have to pursue civil litigation against these types of you know, bad actors. Shortly after this like two-month internship, I actually had a close friend of mine confide in me with an experience he had with, it, it was a CrossFitness gym owner at the time, you know, had had been grooming a bunch of my friends and less of my friend. And I immediately just offered my friend help and, you know, told him that I believed him and that I happened to be working on these types of cases all summer and that, you know, I wanted to just do everything I could to support him. And within 24 hours, we essentially found 10 other individuals that had the same experience with the same guy. And these kids were very close growing up, like, you know, from kindergarten onward, you know, trust was literally optimal. And for whatever reason, you know, it took that many individuals to be impacted before even one was willing to speak out about it. So I immediately realized like the value to survivors who fundamentally think that they're alone, you know, are often isolated by perpetrators to realize that they're not. And it totally just flipped the narrative when we saw that, when we saw those connections being made, you know, amongst my 
friend group. And it just transformed the situation from tremendous shame and stigma to unanimous consent to pursue action. So then, you know, also thinking on the law firm side of things, I just realized, you know, how valuable these types of cases would be to a law firm. It wouldn't be a he said, she said type of case anymore. It's literally, you know, 10 or more individuals who had the same experience with the same guy, all willing to pursue a collective action. So it was really, you know, starting back then that, you know, led me to realize that this type of technology just needed to exist. Okay. So I have to admit, common joke actually is that lawyers are uh, individuals who wouldn't have made it in med school because of the math and science. So we went to law school instead. So I, I need you to break down the, the science aspect for me just a little bit. For example, the case you were talking about with your friend and that you were able to immediately identify and locate 10 other survivors, which is incredible. How does that actually work? How does the JDO platform connect and identify all of these other survivors? Yeah, so essentially, you know, the, the reason we built JDO is because these crimes are hugely underreported. And we realized that it's tragic that that's the case because the vast majority of perpetrators are repeat offenders and are known by name to survivors. So we wanted to build something that essentially allowed individuals to report perpetrators without the downside. So you can name them by name, social media, phone number, etc. And the reports themselves will never defame perpetrators, nor can they even be subpoenaed from the platform to reveal the identifying information of the reporting party. So when individuals report someone on our platform, if there is a match, you know, based on name, based on any other identifying criteria, even if misspellings are, you know, involved in the report, we can notify all connected survivors that, hey, this individual you reported is a repeat offender identified on JDO. Here's, you know, the law firm who's representing X number of survivors, or here's, you know, law enforcement that is, you know, helping X number of survivors. So the system itself, we use you know, what's called military-grade encryption. It's a combination of end-to-end encryption with homework encryption and allows for users to own and control their data such that, you know, we as a company never can access it. However, we still wanted to preserve the ability for the system to function and to conduct that matchmaking and be able to figure out if multiple perpetrators had been named by specific individuals. In other words, we're not comparing plain text Bill Cosby against plain text Bill Cosby, we're actually comparing encrypted representations of these perpetrators' profiles um, in order to do so. So it's a pretty simple application, but under the hood, it gets relatively complex. It does sound complex. And so the person who enters the data has the ability to control who sees it or if anybody ever sees it. Is that fair to say? Yeah, and reports don't even necessarily have to be shared right from the get-go. You know, they can file the report and say, you know, now I have a time-stamped encrypted copy that only I can access, and it can still be used by the system to notify individuals if the perpetrator is identified as a repeat offender. You know, it, we're able to do all of that even regardless of whether they decide to share it with a law firm or share it with law enforcement. One of the things that we've talked about before on the podcast is the ability for victims to go to a hospital or survivors to go to a hospital and get an anonymous sexual assault kit. We want to make sure everybody's treated medically and is protected that way, whether they want to report to law enforcement or not. And we've explained that there's no statute of limitations and that the best practice is that all these kits have to be kept for 20 years. It sounds like this could almost work in conjunction with that. So if somebody at first wanted to make an anonymous sexual assault report and get the medical treatment, 
They could also make that anonymous report to Jado and then later provide it to law enforcement. Yeah, and I, I think that's a really good comparison. I often refer to the reports on Jado as basically a, a digital DNA. And if we look at some of the backlog rape kits that have been sequenced in various cities, what we see too is that, you know, a lot of these kits have overlap rates. So they're finding, you know, 50% plus hit rates for repeat offenders. And if you think about people just reporting the perpetrators by name, other identifying criteria, et cetera, you know, we're essentially able to do the same thing just with something that's a lot easier to put into a database, i.e., you know, social media profiles and things of that nature. A timestamp is really important, especially in criminal investigations. And, and that's kind of how you and I connected, Ryan, for the first place, because we really think that your platform can can assist in criminal investigation. So how do you think that JDO could be useful to law enforcement or even prosecutors in tracking down serial rapists? Yeah, I, I think that there's a number of ways that JDO could be involved with law enforcement. I mean, by default, you know, it'd be great if we could team up with some folks and have them just use JDO as their default encrypted, you know, anonymous crime reporting platform. So having folks list JDO as a resource on their page, be able to, you know, have an account such that they can accept these reports that are inbound. But beyond that, I think that, you know, if we find specific cases that law enforcement's interested in, you know, we work with law firms all the time to help essentially catalyze these cases and to find additional survivors that without our technology would be incredibly hard to find. So think, for example, you know, survivor number one of Bill Cosby files a report and shares it with Glory Alred. How does she know how to find all the other connected individuals with a system like ours that's designed to do that? And, you know, we could also use targeted marketing campaigns to put Jado in front of people who are likely to be those other connected survivors. So it's all for us about dispositioning reporting. If we could increase reporting rates from one in 10 to one in three or even better. That's essentially how we connect dots and, and help whether it's law enforcement or law firms or even corporations that want to get rid of bad actors, you know, and, and be able to identify those bad actors sooner. It's all about increasing reporting rates at the end of the day. That's amazing. Can you explain just kind of how the target marketing could work? Say, for example, well, this is a real example that we had to deal with, you know, in the very early stages of JDO. But so we had a law firm client that essentially had a plaintiff that she was representing who was a, a survivor of a Philadelphia hospital network physician. And both the attorney and the client happened to think that this perpetrator was, in fact, a repeat offender, but they didn't know who else was there or if anyone was willing to pursue legal action. So we essentially put together a targeted campaign with the firm and with that survivor to essentially isolate specific demographic criteria be able to say, you know, let's put Jado in front of everyone connected to this hospital network between ages X and Y of this gender, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, just creating awareness of this technology is what increases reporting rates. So in other words, if people realize that, hey, like whether this happened today or 70 years ago in the past, there's a place that I can go to and have zero risk of putting in this information and just whether it's to get it off your chest or to help others, you know, such that your report can tip off future survivors that this perp is a repeat offender. There's just a lot of reasons why people are 
more willing to use this type of technology than to necessarily go to law enforcement or submit a formal complaint to their employer or, you know, any of those courses of action. Yeah, it really is amazing how when you give somebody the power to kind of control access to their information, how much more willing they are to, per, you know, to kind of give it, give it out. So the technology that you kind of, you guys have developed has the power to do so much good. So can you talk to us about what drives Jado as a company and you as its CEO to do this important work? Yeah. So I basically, after ha- helping out my friends in that situation involving the repeat offender, a few years down the road, I basically realized that I was incredibly hypocritical because I had encouraged my friend to take some sort of action against this perpetrator. But I, for whatever reason, had failed to classify myself as a survivor, had failed to take an action. And I just felt so dispositioned that, you know, that's what made me really passionate about doing this work. Because I came to the conclusion that, you know, if it was that hard for me to come to that realization, like, what about everyone else? Like, the real world is genuinely failing survivors. And nowadays, I think that what keeps me going on a day-to-day basis is when, you know, people send us screenshots of the repeat offender notifications all the time. They post them, they reshare them. And I think that it's that same effect that I first saw when I realized that Jado was needed in the world where it just totally transformed the situation for my friends where everyone was uneasy at first and they realized these connections existed and now they were united and just so willing to pursue action together. And it just is such a different situation than having to deal with this alone. So whenever we hear from folks about, you know, their reports on our platform or their reports being connected to other survivors' reports, it's just, you know, something that never gets old. Obviously, it's a scary thing to continuously see, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, helping a lot of people. And I think that's what keeps me going personally. It is absolutely helping a lot of people. And as prosecutors of sexual assault cases, we can't thank you enough for one, taking the time to help your friend, but developing this tech that can help so many. I I really think it's going to change the game of sexual assault. It's going to help break the silence around sexual assaults that allows for repeat offenders. And so I encourage anybody who wants to learn more about JDO to visit the website at jdo.io. We'll have that in the podcast notes. More importantly, you can download JDO in the App Store for any of your smartphones. I know I've already downloaded a copy onto my phone. Thank you so much, Ryan, for taking the time to talk to us um, and get this important information out to our listeners. If any of our listeners are interested in, you know, acquiring or using your business, can you tell them how they can get in contact with JDO? Yeah, of course. My um, email is ryan at jado.io. So feel free to reach out via email if, if that works for you. And yeah, we're really willing to tailor Jado for all the different types of industries and, you know, are, are certainly flexible in terms of pricing. So whether you're corporate HR department, law enforcement, school, you know, law firms, you know, we work with various entities. So feel free to reach out. I certainly hope that everybody would take the opportunity to reach out to Ryan. Make sure you let him know that you've heard about Jado and his amazing work on the No Gray Zone podcast. As always, if you like what you hear, please subscribe. And don't forget, you can find us on social media at No Gray Zone RRC on Twitter and Instagram and No Gray Zone on Facebook. And thank you again, Ryan, so much for sharing your story and just sharing and talking to us about Jado. And just a reminder to our listeners that this is our last episode of the year. We will be back on January 4th with new episodes. And we certainly hope that everyone will stay safe and have a happy and healthy holiday season. 
There are no excuses when it comes to sexual assault or not having the right response when it comes to sexual harassment. This has been a No Gray Zone podcast. I'm just good at caring.